0: Hey Waste No Dares, today is as this episode releases Memorial Day and we wanted to take a second to pay our tribute to the men and women who have given their lives in the support of this great nation and their families who they left behind. Um, I want to do so with a quote, as I like to do, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy, forget in time that men have died to win them. Franklin D. Roosevelt.
1: Yeah, Brian, we here are grateful for those men and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifice in defense of freedom and our country. We are grateful for those who serve today in their shadow, and we are thankful for those who will continue to do so in the future. God bless the United States of America.
2: Uh, honestly, I, I wish I would have just thought thought about it earlier. <laughs> yeah, if I if I was in Madison spot, you know, like time wise and everything, like I would be. I can only imagine actually where I'd be right now. What I've made possible, or like working here, has also made possible for me, um, and career wise and just personal life. Um, I can only imagine how much further I would be at that point. Like today, you know. Um, It's done a drastic change for me.
3: Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never ending discipline. It is a refuse to lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you. And this time we are excited to be talking about women in the trades. That's right. We are bringing on two fine ladies to be talking to us today about their journey into the trades and their hope for a a future career in it. But before we do that, we're going to break down the idea for you, and we're going to turn to Brian for
0: our quote. People with dirty jobs are happier than you think. As a group, they're the happiest people I know. Mike Rowe. Ah, Mr. Dirty Jobs himself. And who would know more uh, workers of dirty jobs than Mike Rowe? Sure. Yeah, I did. Uh, man, that that
1: show has got to be like 15 years old by now. I don't know. We'll have to have our producer check that out. It feels like this show is like 12 years old. So <laughs> that would make sense. In comedy level only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are, we're going to be talking about women in the trades, and uh, we're excited. It's actually been a day of videotaping and shooting uh, some film for some commercials and uh, promotion for women in the trades. We've had a uh, team here, uh, videographers and public relations and everything else who are going to be um, doing some cameos of our electrician, which is Janeta Cano in the field, as well as a visiting electrician from Michigan. And we are excited to invite both of them onto the podcast here to discuss uh, the whole idea of being in the trades, what is typically a man's world. So let's talk about that for a minute because that quote right there is one of the things that you may think keeps women out of the trades, and that is the idea of getting dirty, working with your hands, uh, the mechanical aptitude, all those types of things. It will be interesting to discuss with Janada and Madison if that has been a deterrent to them uh, and if any of their friends or anybody else who's considering that uh, takes that into consideration when they're looking at the trades.
0: Yeah, I was looking up some stats for women in the Trades and just kind of seeing, it's like as I look through the stats at that uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics posted about women in the trades, and I thought that that seems about the average even here. If you if you look across our brands, um, in the construction field, which which represents you know electricians, plumbers, HVAC people. It's 9.9%, which I thought was... No kidding. Really high, actually. Yeah. Wow. Because I have known hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plumbers, electricians, HVAC techs, installers, and I think I've known two women. The two that we're going to be interviewing today? Oh, sorry. Two. <laughs> uh, outside of those two. Like four total. Four. Four. And it ain't like 400. It's like 900. Yeah. So that's actually much higher than I would have given it credit for, but if you scroll all the way down to treatment sewage treatment facilities, it's seventeen and a half percent, which was actually shocking to me huh it's so almost twice the amount of women who become electricians go to work at sewage treatment facilities, really? I have no way to uh find out. A, hey, if that's true, if you believe the Bureau of Labor Statistics, then it's true. So let's let's say we're starting on that foot. Sure. Um, now, how in the world do we find out why twice as many women are going to work at sewage treatment plants as becoming electricians? Do we ask Janada? Uh
1: I I don't know. Maybe she knows have, them all right. They have a good marketing campaign. <laughs> uh, I believe Jada is more familiar
0: with the prison side of things. That's true. That's true. We'll Se- have to touch on that later. <laughs> sewage treatment facilities have great pr people apparently
1: yeah brian i mean uh apparently according to uh the stats there women have no problem joining in uh, jobs that would be typically dirty or you might say you know dealing with dirty things
0: nope
1: and so the trades is certainly we're married so there you go <laughs> no problem at all, huh? <laughs> I, I mean, I would argue el- electrical and uh, HVAC
0: really don't get into as much as uh, plumbing would. No, not as much. I guess filth, but but they're dirty jobs. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. everyone comes back here when they come back here at the end of the day. They're filthy and just beat up. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know what that's such a weird stat to me. It really is double the amount at sewage treatment facilities. Weird. But, uh, and I guess we'll never, probably never have the answer to that question. So I'm (laughs) so glad I brought it up on the podcast.
1: Well, women joining trades is something that we are talking about today. And I think one of the things that really holds women back is just the fact that it's a a career that's not even considered, right? Like how many, uh, how many of you ladies listening out there when you were in high school were entertained with the idea of joining the trades? Maybe that's just where I grew up and you know, the, the school that I went to, but, It certainly didn't. I don't think there was a big emphasis on that, and I'm not sure if that's changed or not. But the opportunity is absolutely there, and there's nothing that is preventing a woman from joining the trades other than her own desire to do so. In fact, as I believe we're going to discuss probably in our interview today, there's a lot of uh, incredible attributes that women that women bring to the home in terms of dealing with homeowners uh, and being able to connect and advise and consult with customers and clients in their homes and discuss with them the things that they want their comfort etc and they can relate on different levels than men can you know, just naturally and so that's certainly an interesting aspect to having more women join the trades
0: yeah and I, so one thing i was reading up on was was I, I think you're right i think there's a large lack of interest in the trades among women i can only use my own experience to know for sure, but I'm in the majority of interviews conducted here and there, are you know, a couple a day, most days. And I might see a woman come in to interview for any of the three trades that we provide here. What? Two, three times a year? Uh, Yeah, I'm not. Maybe one that, or two that times that a year. A yeah, that's it's, probably, that's probably long. Yeah. um, And there's like three or four, I can actually remember. We hired all of them. <laughs> they, they present well. Yeah.
1: And, and that of course may be different across the country. You know, we certainly live in a certain portion of uh, Southeast Pennsylvania. And so there, there probably are other stats in other areas, but it's, it's not that there isn't uh, a need, you know, there's, there's a massive need. And of course, I believe women have the, have every opportunity to fill that and bring a lot of their
0: incredible assets to the trades. Absolutely. And the you know, we know at least Janeda very well, who's as she works here, um, things she brings to the trade are just phenomenal her her skill set, and I don't want to step all over because I'm, I'm hoping we get to give her some props when she gets on here and talk about all the things she brings to the team. But we would be, you know, we're, we are a company who is uh, very open to bringing more women in, into the field here and into our, our ranks because Janaida herself has done so much for how the, you know, 130 people who work here view women in the trades, and it is highly positive. And from the, the little we know about Madison, who we've hung out with here for half a day, and um, I know her boss, couple of her bosses pretty well. And they talk about her the exact same way that we talk about Janata. Um, outside of Janata, I've never really spent a lot of time, um, with a woman in the trades. So if there is interest in the trades among women that we don't really know about, and and like you said, there, this is a place that's, uh, I would say a little old fashioned, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but if there's more interest than we see and people are wondering how do women go about getting into the trades I mean the the most obvious step to me is show up at at a you know show up at a uh, local plumbing shop or electrical shop or HVAC shop and ask to apprentice that's probably the fastest track to getting there. But there are tons of, of trade associations, organizations, and unions that promote women in the trades. Um, ANEW, A-N-E-W, Apprenticeship.gov, Coalition of Labor Union Women, CWIT, and I don't know, there's like a dozen more that I could see pretty easily. You just Google it. Um, that specifically help women get into the trades, and if if... If there isn't really that much interest, which is what I feel like is the case, I would I would say check the trades out, women. You know, all five of the ones listening to this podcast <laughs> ever listen to this podcast. Our wife's not included. <laughs> Your wife listens to the podcast. No, yeah, mine not either, at all. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're on a podcast. You're still doing that. <laughs> Funny as <is>, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you don't even get paid for that. <laughs> are there people that listen? Right? <laughs> uh Yeah, check the trades out and, and and just give them a look and see what people are doing in the trades. This is a this is a a place where where people without college degrees and many times even high school diplomas come and find their way to six-figure careers. Yeah. And fast. I mean, within a couple of years, it, it's possible to do. And, and well, well past that. I mean, I don't even know how many at this point guests we've had on who you know, started as an apprentice in one of these trades and is a millionaire now. That's a story that's been told countless times, even on this show. And it's possible for anyone. It, it really is. It's it's a work ethic thing. You need to be presentable. You need to have a work ethic. You can't be afraid to get your hands dirty. And outside of that, I think that's everything, right?
1: Yeah, I mean the uh, the trades, or at least as we recognize them, are so relationally and conversationally driven Mm. um, that uh, that that plays such a large emphasis onto it. And that's
0: well, we're talking, you know, even in that, we're talking residential service there's new construction there's there's commercial stuff where you don't really have to interact with people too much so the, the trades are vast and deep and you can find all kinds of different things you can do in the trades not to pigeonhole it into one sector of the trades it's it's vast and there are tons of different career choices in the trades but by all means give it a look and see what people are doing in the trades and you know jump just hop in there both feet yeah and we Trail hope place. this
1: we hope this episode serves as a starting place for that if not to pique your interest to actually start you in the right direction of what that would look like And that's where we're going to stop it now for the introduction here and we're going to invite both Janata and madison to be in your passenger seat Our guests today, we have two of them, are Jenaida Cano and Madison Thomas. They're joining us today from two different locations. Jenaida works for us here at Mr. Sparky Electric in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Madison works for Mr. Sparky Electric in Michigan, and we're excited to have both of them on the show. Welcome, ladies.
3: Hello. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you. We're excited again to have some live people in our studio, and we've actually moved up to the first floor. We're out of the basement.
0: Not just that, but we have Jenaida. On the show. Yeah. Uh,
2: in Aww. studio. I think it's impressive that it took for me to get on the show for this to be on the first floor now. Right? So we're moving on up. Yeah, we weren't going to have you in the dungeon today. That wasn't going to happen. That's progress. Yeah. We like that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we are excited to have you here. And this is on the heels of an entire day of video shooting yes. uh, for some nice uh, footage. Yes. Right?
2: Yep. Yeah, it was a pretty productive day awesome. a lot of uh, shooting. Answering a lot of questions, getting some overviews of what our typical day looks like.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, we're going to jump into that and more, uh, but we always like to introduce our guests and kind of hear a little bit about their stories. Um, neither of you have been on the podcast before, and we're focusing on women in the trades, So it's exciting to have two of you here, uh, one from Michigan, one from Pennsylvania at our shop. And we're thankful to have uh, both of you join us today. So why don't we start with the youngest first, uh, Madison. Mm
0: -hmm. You're joining us today from Michigan. With her decades and decades and decades of life experience.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes,
1: Technically just one decade. Uh,
2: <laughs> Ten plus eight. She's getting Young closer Madison. to the next one, but
0: eighteen-year-old Sparky Apprentice.
1: Yeah. So, Madison, we're going to start with you because you're the youngest, and of course, you have traveled the farthest to be on the podcast. In fact, you may have traveled. You may be the longest traveled guest that has ever appeared on our podcast in studio, which is pretty cool. Um, I feel honored. Nope. No. The Slades oh. came from Florida. The Slades came from Florida. Oh, yeah. all right, all right. They and didn't drive though. They didn't drive. That's true. But we are excited to have you on here. And we always like to understand a little bit about uh, what made you get into the trade. So, I mean, specifically from from a woman's perspective, it's not necessarily the stereotypical trade that most uh, most females would pursue, right? Uh, so, what made that different for you? And why are you excited to jump into it? How did you get involved? Tell us the details.
3: Okay. So, my name is Madison Thomas. I'm from Heartland, Michigan. Um, I got into Sparky about eight months ago. I'm a maintenance technician. Uh, I would say I jumped into it when we had a career fair. They came to my high school, and they set up a bunch of booths, and um, one of the booths was a trades one, I guess you could say, and uh, I started talking to an electrician about it. They gave me a bunch of flyers, started researching it, and from there, so my brother, Drake, he's the lead installer at Benjamin Franklin Plumbing. Um, He started talking about it and how much he loved the company and what exactly, you know, they did and how they're all three divisions. Um, I went in for an interview and then I kind of got into talks more about exactly what they did with the ride alongs and, you know, how that all went down and then got involved with that. So kind of went from there. And I think it's a great opportunity that a lot of women don't take advantage of.
1: It, it absolutely is a great opportunity. And, you know, we we shout that from the hills in terms of what the trades offers to anybody who's willing to embody it. Why is it something that women have uh, traditionally steered clear of, do you think?
3: So I think a lot of women steer away from it because they look at it as as a male dominance, you know, trade. Um, The reason that I think many people, I think women in particular should take advantage of it is because I think it's a great trade to get into. Um, There's never not going to be work to, you know, have to get done. And whether or not somebody decides to pursue a career in the trades industry, it's knowledge that they're going to gain and, you know, take with them forever. Whether or not it's something, you know, they use just on their own time at their house or if they... Decide on electricity or electrician? Or.
1: That is a big benefit, right? The ability to to take it home with you. I mean, not that everybody likes taking work home with you, but when you're a tradesperson, that's a massive benefit. You can have serious soft, uh, serious cost savings in terms of what you can do in your own home, uh, what, you, what you can do to purchase a home that's not as nice and renovate it up to something that you would like it to be. And all those skills that you learn in the trades have massive impact on the financial end of your own living and your own lifestyle, right?
0: Mm-hmm. By the way, Nate owes me lunch because he passed me a sticky note when he asked you why more women aren't getting into the trades that it was because they didn't want to get their nails dirty. I said, no way, Nate, and I don't <laughs> approve of I
1: don't that. Know. That's what it was. Uh, that's I feel what like some
2: of your nails here are a little cleaner than mine. So. Ooh, that's
0: for sure. Wow,
1: Janada with the <laughs> top rope. Okay, here we go. All so right. Janada, why don't we uh, jump over to you then? Right. Um, so you're from Pennsylvania. You're actually working out of our shop, yes. and you've been in working for Mr. Sparky for about a year and a half now? Yes, Awesome. So what Stri- was coming... Kind of, straight from prison? I'm straight, like, straight from, from, from prison. prison. Hired yeah.
0: Straight out of prison. Yes. Uh, did
1: a 5-year bid. <laughs> so what what was your story? What made you get into the trades?
2: So I actually started after I worked at the prison. Oh, worked, <laughs> worked. at the prison. Oh, <laughs> I didn't it work. was like, like that. Oh, part. Okay. Oh. That makes that more up. sense, right? It felt better being on the Opposite side there. I got to leave at the end of the day.
0: But they still let you get a teardrop tattoo. They That's did. My favorite did you part. like that? <laughs>
1: that was all in-house, by the way. Digitally removed for the photographs. Yeah, like that.
2: They, all photographs. <laughs> don't worry about that. But uh, after working there, I wanted more so a better like career path. So after I did some traveling around and whatnot, I kind of moved back to Pennsylvania. And uh, my brother kind of brought up getting into commercial electric. It was just an opportunity that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. It wasn't really a set thing that I had in mind, Um, and I was just open for the, to see what it would bring, so I kind of just jumped into that, learned as I went, and kind of ran with it for about a good year and a half. Um, As time passed, and I kind of got done with that gig, I put my resume out, and Mr. Sparky actually had reached out to me. I didn't uh, necessarily think that I was gonna get work in electrical, in the electrical field, for the simple fact of my lack of you know, education on it. So uh, when I seen that kind of come up, I was like, "Hey, might as well just check it out and see what it has to offer." Yeah, and that and was before
0: we had a full time recruiter. So that was actually me.
2: Oh, and, it's uh, your fault. <clears throat> I was
0: in her interview and actually I ran do. out to grab people. Like, you got to meet this Janaida, ah, cool people. It is. Look at that. cool people.
1: That's great. Um, and it, it's kind of neat. Both of your stories um, have some similarities to them mm-hmm. for sure. And I want to go back a little bit farther, like when you were, when you were growing up, did you both have like an inclination towards mechanical things, you know, whether it be tinkering around with with motors at home or, or you know, mechanical items at home or building or saddle, that well, type of stuff? I
2: was very destructive. I would like to break things and put them back together. All
1: right. That's not what we do here at Mr. Sparky, just but, pointing <laughs> that out.
2: No, but in essence, you know, we go to people's houses and they have things that are broken. Sure. Electrically. So we go and repair. We go and fix. And so I enjoy that that concept.
1: Yeah. Madison, what about you?
3: No, I did not come in with any electrical knowledge background or mechanically inclined whatsoever.
1: Okay. So this was all just kind of, uh, hey, let's let's jump into it. Let's see what it has to offer. Yep. That's fantastic. And you've been in for how, uh, how long now?
3: About eight months.
1: Eight months. Awesome. And during that eight months, like what has been some of the things that you've learned um, in the trades, like practically, you know, what are some of the things that you're working on right now in terms of your technology and, and your technical ability? And then what are some things that you've learned that have been kind of surprising to you?
3: Um, so a typical day, I mainly, so I'm our maintenance technician, so I generally focus on generator maintenances, um, home inspections on the electrical, so it's going to be taking the main electrical cover off, I'm just doing a whole overview of the electrical throughout the home. If I'm not doing that, I'm doing smaller installs, so anything, you know, smaller service call, diagnosis calls, anything, you know, that might not, is not anything above my skills. Um, so that could be if a light switch not working, you know, lights flickering, maybe a little bit of power out throughout the home. Uh, if I'm not doing something there, then I'm going to be riding with the senior technician, helping you know more hands on deck with a bigger job like a panel or generator install.
1: Awesome, yeah. And and when you started first, like, did you come in absolutely cold? You knew nothing.
3: Yeah. Nope. I can't tell you how to. Yeah. No. <laughs> wow.
1: So everything that you've learned thus far has been on the job.
3: Yeah, I couldn't tell you wire sizes, wire colors, nothing like that. So
1: can you today? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just checking.
3: Hope so. <laughs> hey, eight months. Not does the green wire. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's very cool. And, and in that eight months, like I'm sure you probably had your own stereotypes about what the trade was. Have you found those to be true, or have you found it to be surprising in a different way?
3: I didn't really come in with expectations of anything. Um, I like everything, you know, how we present ourselves. I think it's very professional. I like that we wear uniforms and yeah. Yeah. That's all I gotta say to that. I don't know. You you can just, that's not, I mean,
1: that's not always the case, right? Because I don't know how
3: to word without saying, I think they're drug addicts.
1: Well, and that, that's fine. (laughs) I mean, because there, there is that possibility. And and unfortunately that has been the experience of some people where they've had tradespeople into their home and they have not been professional and they have done things that have been, Outside of the realm of comfort, uh, as far as being in a stranger's home, and, and so that's that's a real world,
3: yeah. Like not license. What do you then. want to
1: call it? Stereotype or whether you want to call it perception that homeowners have against tradespeople. And every day we work to fight against that by delivering top professional level content, top professional level service, top professional level image. All these things is a big deal about who we are and who we proclaim to be. And so you're you're right on. There's you don't have to hold back on saying something like that. That is absolutely a real-world perception that people have.
2: Well, I think we have a very strong value of that with Mr. Sparky. Uh, like, our outlook, our image is, like, pretty high up there. Um, I think, like, based off what she's saying, the image, it doesn't feel very welcoming on a lot of aspects for, you know, other companies that you get in where they don't have necessarily a uniform or it's just kind of some unknown smaller business style. Um, and I think that we hold our team to a higher value and what the expectations are going in. You're here. here.
0: Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't roll up the driveway with the muffler hanging halfway yeah, off and a magnet drop. on the side <laughs> of the truck and we well, yeah, rifling through the medicine cabinet. And right.
3: <laughs> well, with that, I feel like a lot of people don't have like company vehicles really. Like I've seen where they, you know, go up and pick up trucks, which I've seen before, but yeah. like, mm-hmm. I think the uniform just kind of right off the bat kind of brings comfort to somebody. And as like, I have a, t- you know, we have a tablet and I don't see like somebody kind of just came in, took a photo and just presented a price. Like, I feel like he didn't build a relationship. He didn't do anything to, you know, build value within that price or his company. So.
1: Right. Jots it down on the back of a napkin. I mean, there's a difference between your doctor showing up in a t-shirt and your doctor showing up in, in a, a white doctor's coat, right? That mm-hmm. makes a difference. It, it's a perception. It doesn't necessarily mean that the guy is any more qualified than the other guy. But it is a perception, and that is the first place to start, especially when you get up to a stranger's home. All they have to judge you on is what they have so far perceived. In fact, we, we talk here often that a person will make their first impression within three seconds, which is far shorter than it takes for you to get up to the front door. So they've already judged you top to bottom, truck, uniform, the whole deal before they've ever heard you speak. And that's a tough place to be because now you have to overcome whatever perception that you've put in their mind. If it was a negative one, you have to overcome that. And that's why we train so hard on don't set obstacles up that don't need to be there before you get to the front door. It's already hard enough.
0: Yeah. And when Jim Abrams and Terry Nicholson and and the crew created the image for at the time, what was just one hour. And then later Ben Franklin, then later Mr. Sparky and they did originate this white button up shirt with the the dark pants uniform, and they modeled it after paramedics, because what are paramedics there to do? They're
2: there to save the day.
0: Help, yeah, save the day. They're they're there to help. That's what you think when you see them. They look very professional. To Nate's point, they rolled up in a bomber jacket. Sorry, I mean that's a little a little late for. For young Madison here, but <laughs> <laughs> they roll up in a leather jacket or, and <laughs> with, <laughs> a the, with a mullet and uh, yeah, then who knows what what uh, the customer is going to be thinking? But we pride ourselves on our image first and foremost because that's what they're going to see when we're walking up, and then we take it another step further every step from there. Mullets are actually back in right now,
1: so I just seen one today.
2: It was horrible.
0: Ha- half the kids on my son's wrestling team have mullets. I want right. to cry like, for all of them. What decade is it? Yeah. Shave it's that off.
1: It's not go. a good look. It's, it's not a good look. All right. Well, what is a good look is your uniforms. And we've been talking about that, but also it's how we conduct ourselves in the home. So, uh, Janae, I'll flip this one to you, but obviously coming out of, uh, the, the prison background, um, and, and the other things that you've done in your life, was that's a pretty far stretch from what we do in terms of being in somebody's home right? It's not just even the image. It's it's how you conduct yourself in the home. It's what you, what you say, how you present yourself, how you look, the words that you use, all these things matter. Completely. And so when you were getting into the trades, like, did you think that's what it was going to be about? Or did you think this was just going to be stripping some wire and, and putting it up into a panel?
2: Uh, no, I didn't really have, um, I would say like not a narrowed perception on that i mean i figured it would go either way depend depending on what company you're working with um like with commercial it wasn't so much uh customer interaction whereas with this residential obviously it's you're getting your customers um all day every day and for me i don't find any problem in that you know it's the satisfaction of completing whatever needs done and making the homeowner feel better about you know that job like it was well worth it for them
1: and what do you think makes it well worth it for them? Like when I mean you're you're in front of a homeowner every day, mm-hmm. maybe even more than one. Right. Um what what is it that you hang your hat upon at the end of the day when you walk away from that client and you say I did right by them. <clears throat> they they got what they needed. They got what they deserved. They got what they paid for and then some.
2: I mean, my outlook every day is just that I come in and do my job to the best of my ability and um, at the end of the day if everything that I did was what they needed, you know, into their satisfaction, then I feel satisfied, you know. I don't like to, I don't want to give less value than what it is, Um, especially um, I always like to take a step back and kind of get perspective, you know, if it's me and I'm the person paying for this, whether to them it's a lot or a little, you know, um, I would want exceptional work done, you know, especially if that's what the company's holding their value on. So I just like to make sure that it's, uh, I don't know, to, to, uh, the expectation. I just have high standards when I go in, it's kind of act like when I'm going in, it's my home type of deal, you know?
1: Right. And that, that's critical because it's critical not only to have high expectations, but to treat it like your own, like your own job, like your own house, because that makes a difference right, for sure. Now, Madison, you're in your own truck now doing maintenance is correct. Electrical maintenance is electrical safety inspections, we would call them. Um, Has that been something that you've been enjoying and what have you found to be uh, challenging in doing the electrical inspections and what have you found to be kind of like enjoying and fulfilling?
3: Yeah, so I do more inspections, like I mentioned, more than I do generator maintenances. Um, The most challenging, I guess, obstacle that I run into more than often would be when I go to a a male's house to perform an inspection, um, the entire time they're kind of like downgrading me as if like, I don't know what I'm looking at or that I can't hold the panel cover and, you know, take it down. Um, if they want like estimates or they're looking to get anything <laughs> done. What is so? I was on a flow with that. No, I'm
0: actually laughing because like I just pictured some guy running up to the panel. Let me get that for you. They
3: always want to, <laughs> always. They're like, like some big guy, just belly hanging out and hanging over. Yeah. Oh, a Plumber. No, just, oh, you
0: know, there, it is. That's there it is. Okay. And they think you're not strong enough to hold the, yeah. And they always want to
3: pitch in and it's like, I got it. And yeah.
1: Do you find so, that, do you find that happening a lot? And do you think it's based upon you being a woman or or you being young?
3: I would say a little bit of both. Um, I would say more than likely it's probably because I'm a woman. Um, they're have very shocked faces. Sometimes when I walk in, like when I'll call to dispatch myself to let them know I'm on my way, um, they, a lot of the times think I'm an office lady more than the technician that's coming out to them. Um,
1: so let's jump into that. Right? So I mean that's real world real world experience that you're having right now. So what are you doing to overcome the fact that when you walk up to the home the look on the homeowner's face is who are you and what are you doing here?
3: I'm just confident. I don't let it like at first, you know, I did let it kind of downgrade me. I'd get really quiet, kind of stutter upon my words, that know what to say. Uh, but I think confidence is key. I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to remember, like, they called you out because they don't know what they're looking at. They don't know, you know, how to do it. Um, so confidence has taken me quite a long way, I think. And it kind of shuts homeowners down. as like, oh, you know, oh, she knows what she's talking about. I think me being young as well is definitely people kind of take a look at that. Like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing in my house? But at the end of the day, you know, we're doing it to our best of our abilities. We get the job done right then there's no issue with it.
1: Have you always been a confident person or has that been something that has really come to the surface through working in the trades?
3: Nope. I wouldn't say I was always a confident person. It definitely came with me working in the trades, um, especially a lot of the training courses that we did and role-playing within like the company and our division for our meeting days has definitely kind of taken me out of my shell, I guess you could say, especially coming in, you know, not mechanically inclined and no electrical, you know, background. It definitely grew my confidence because i didn't know electrical, you know, vocabulary or really what I was talking about. And once I kind of knew, you know, what I was talking about it, definitely.
1: Now, Janeta, what has been your experience in terms of that? Have you found there to be uh, a look of shock or a lick of uh, confusion when you walk up to the door being a woman in a traditional man's world?
2: Uh, not typically. I think, uh, 98% of the time they think I'm a guy anyway. So <laughs> it kind of, gotcha. they're just like, all right, thank you, sir. And I kind of let it go for a little bit. And at the end of it, then I'm, I shoot them a, uh, Hey, uh, just so you know, you can let everyone know a female just did your panel. <laughs> 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 and they get a, a good laugh at it or you get the shocked look on their face. Um, Pardon a pun. Yeah.
1: It takes the entire day to get to that point.
2: Sometimes, sometimes I just let it ride out. Cause I'm like, you know, sometimes when I go to tell them something else, like kind of gets sidetracked with it. And I'm like, well, I can't say I don't want to make them feel bad like saying it in front of somebody else now, you know? Right. So I just kind of like let it go and a, whatever makes you feel better, you know?
1: <laughs> it's a delicate dance. Yeah. You, you take more of a, a, a passive stance on that. So if somebody would...
2: It depends. It depends on the situation, honestly. Like some days I wake up and I feel like... I need you to know I'm a female. You know, <laughs> I need you to know. Uh, other times, it's just like, it's not a big deal. Like, I'm here to do a job. Sure. Whatever your perception is on me, if you, I, I just do like an interpersonal, like, I just want you to feel like you picked the right place and that your work's getting done properly. If you see me as a guy, I don't, it doesn't really bother me at the end of the day, you know? Right. I just want you to do to be uh, completely satisfied with the work that's being done.
1: Well, you're, you're right in terms of like it doesn't really matter, right? Because the homeowner, all they care about is the issue being the resolved. Correct. They want something fixed. They want it back to normal. Right. And, and so essence, how that happens. That
2: goes to the stigma of, you know, men it being like a man's uh, trade and women not being able to come in and do it. But a lot of people, you know, if they have that perception that uh, it's just another guy coming in, and then later on, they find out it's a female. I think that's a thought for them to sit with later.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it is a little bit of a, a mindset shift, and that's that's perfectly fine. And that's yeah. the exciting part about having more women joining the trades is it will become a little bit more status quo and, and more normalized as more and more women choose this as a career path because there's a lot a lot of value there. Mm-hmm. But you ladies
0: get to be trailblazers. Trailblazers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've
2: actually also had have had customers that uh, were like, rather ecstatic about it. Cause yeah. They're, they're, like, I want to tell my friends, you know, a female did this. Like, and they're taking pictures and they want to boast about that, you know? And I think that that's important because I don't think that uh, being in trades, that there's a limit to it. Like, what be it, like, gender or how far you could go with it.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm curious, has, have either of you come across, like, somebody – I don't know, pulling their daughter aside or something like that and saying like, Hey, you know, this, this could be something that you could pursue. Or have you had any conversations with younger girls revolving around pursuing the trades?
2: I don't think personally I've come across that uh, too often. A lot of times it, it's just like the homeowner there. Okay. Um, maybe it's just you know, school hours, whatnot. Yeah. But it's not often that there's kids around.
0: I, I sure have. I don't know if you have Madison, but I've, talked about it. I mean we talked about it at home a few times like when my 17-year-old was my 7-year-old's age or my 4-year-old. So I have three daughters and a son. Daughters are 17, 7 and 4. Like when my 17-year-old was my 4-year-old's age, there there were no women in the trades. I mean I was a plumber working for a plumbing and HVAC company. Never heard of such a thing. And then now all of a sudden there are, I mean there are several just locally here. I mean we're interviewing and hiring them all the time. It, mm-hmm. It's nonstop in the conference room. And I'm looking at my daughters now and I'm like, hmm, you know, it's an option. The trades, like they could le- legit become a plumber or an HVAC tech or an, an electrician and rise through the ranks like anyone else. And, you know, find a six figure career pretty quickly that I don't have to pay a bunch of college tuition for it. <laughs> hey, it's
2: yeah.
3: awesome.
1: Ah. What about you, Madison? Have you found any connections with younger people?
3: I've had it two or three times, I would say, where, you know, the homeowner's kind of ecstatic about it, like she was saying, and just thrilled to see a woman. Um, and they'll they'll bring their daughter out, and we will come talk about it and they'll be curious about how the ride-alongs, you know, go, and if they can come in for any trades or kind of flip-flop between the divisions. Um, I've even had it, too, you know, not necessarily just woman, like where her homeowner's ecstatic about, you know, be, be, me being a woman in the trades, and she's, like, getting her son, you know, pulling him out to kind of say, like, hey, you should do this. Like, look how crazy it is, you know, a woman being in here, but.
1: Yeah. stop living in the basement. Look, go get a job. That type of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Comes out Mm -hmm. of
3: the basement. Hey. All
1: right, so kind of shifting gears here, um, as as we're focusing in on women being in the trades, has there been anything that you felt you had to overcompensate in or like, you know, uh, do more, do better, faster, any of those types of things to, to overcome any of those negative perceptions?
2: I mean, I find value in just keeping up. Um, with an exception of not overdoing it for myself. Sure. What do you mean keeping up? Um, you have the stigma, you know, like the guys, the guys are faster guys, you know, um, for me here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, um, that's, that's been seen, you know, and to me it's a more so keeping better knowledge and just working forward, like not holding yourself back with, uh, being stuck that you have to be better than somebody else or, um, I don't know, like your top lead or your best seller, you know, like I feel like everyone's able to have kind of their own goal to work towards. And that's more what we're able to thrive on personally.
3: Yeah. I don't think like you have to limit yourself, but I don't think you like have to overdo it to prove to anybody. Um, I think everybody kind of goes at their own pace. Whether. Yeah.
0: That's all I no, I think you should try to overdo it, especially if you work here, Jeneda. You should try to beat everybody. I
2: else. mean, sometimes I like to work till eleven o'clock at night. a no big deal. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I what
0: don't it, know about the whole like two part. I hear about it the next day. <laughs> well, what
1: about aspirations, ladies? So you're both very young in your careers. I mean, Madison, you're under a year, and Janae, you're under two. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least at our company, you've been right. in, you've been in the trades a little bit longer than that. But Madison, this is all very new to you. Uh, where do you where are you hoping to go? I mean, is is this kind of like Are you feeling more confident that this is the career path and you're in it to win it, you know, electrician or bust, or are you more like still kind of tentative on that? Where do you find yourselves
2: for me personally? Like I would say, especially like since I've gotten a truck and started like lead install, um, that I feel a lot stronger about it more as a career path rather than just a job. Um, I love the work environment, the team, you know, it it definitely makes you feel more like, uh, more welcomed rather than just a number. And I find high importance in that for, um, you know, what I'm looking for for a career.
1: Yeah. And overall fulfillment at yeah. that career. Right. right.
2: Right. Yeah. It actually makes me want to continue on and look forward to it. It's not something that seems as dreadful. Like you have to wake up every day and kind of like, all right, here we go back to this place. You know,
1: have you put much thought into where you would like this to take you?
2: Um, so I, was thinking about this uh,
3: touched on kind of earlier.
2: Yeah, kind of touched on this earlier and I don't particularly have a defined position that I would say like, hey, I want to be in Nate's position in, yeah, you know, three years. Um, I just kind of look at it more as a ladder and sure. I just want to continue climbing. Yeah. So, wherever that may lead, I don't have, um, I'm not close to any possibilities that come my way. I feel like Everything will fall in place right as time goes.
1: All right. Madison, what about you? Have you put much thought into where you're headed?
3: Yeah, I, I agree with her on pretty much everything. I, The work culture, you know, the atmosphere that I'm surrounded by every day, just her friendliness, everyone's very family-oriented, I would say. Um, like wants me to you know, come to work. Same thing. I don't dread like having to get up like, oh, I have to go to work. I like want to work even if I don't get paid for it. I always want to, you know, gain the experience and be with them. And we we have <laughs> employment
1: opportunities here. Right? <laughs> like, like, Jenae just like. fell out of her chair. I'm yeah. helping her with the mic stage. She <laughs> <knocked
3: does>? over- <laughs> um, it's definitely something, you know, I never, I guess, would have thought of. Like I said, it was a very male dominance trade. I didn't want to come into your guys' territory. Um, but now that I'm in it and like, I'm in my own truck, kind of writing my own calls and still, you know, with senior technicians kind of getting to see their side of things, it's definitely something like she was mentioning. I only really kind of want to climb up the ladder, um, just from here. So
0: how long did it take you to realize that we men of the trades are sick of other men in the trades. <laughs> we, we welcome you all with open arms.
2: Not long, not long. <laughs> I was pretty surprised. Yeah. I don't know. Working with guys sometimes feels like you're working with females anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> Some of them, that's for sure. Well, that's because you work with electricians yeah, I today. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Some is. of them were plumbers, so. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, ladies, uh, I I love the fact that you're jumping into the career and where the the ladder takes you, it is a definitive fact that the trades is a scalable ladder with many rungs. And that's what makes it really exciting. And so we kind of like put this podcast out there and we're hoping that other ladies um, who are perhaps not in the trades hear it. What would be kind of some of the things that you start drawing their attention to, like what was it that, that drew your attention to the trades and, and then how would you translate that back out now that you're in it to somebody who's kind of maybe where you were when you, before you got into it and, and they're kind of waffling or just not quite sure what they want to do or maybe they don't want to, maybe they feel uh, apprehensive about joining the male dominated world or, or those types of things. What would you say to them to help kind of change their mind and draw them into this opportunity that you have pursued?
2: I personally would go into, if they have any chance to kind of get into any kind of apprenticeship and they're not 100% certain how they feel about it, to actually just go out and try. Give it a shot. See. It's like anything else. Um, You don't know until you do it, you know. And perhaps they will go out for plumbing and decide, hey, that's not for me. So they decide to go with electric because they realize that lights their life up, you know. I don't know. Oh, oh I go. know. So I did, did it. There. I did. I had to. Okay. Okay. Right. Keep going. Thank you. But, you know, I feel like just the the chance to get your feet wet and learning something different. You know, um, I don't know that everybody has uh, always has the full understanding of what the job entails, you know, it's like when we're kids and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> right. And you're like, I want to, I want to do this. Well, you actually go and do that. And then you realize, Oh, this is, I got to do all this paperwork now. Like right. I didn't realize right. I was going to sit at a desk all day, you know? So I think in that same manner, like if you're somewhat questioning it, just go out and give it a shot, you know? And especially if you're at a younger age and you're just getting out of high school, I, I, would definitely encourage it. You know, it's a great time to start.
1: Well, Madison, that, that turns to you. You're basically yeah. are right out of high school.
3: <laughs> um, the way I see it is like, I think, you know, it's an opportunity that I think not many people take advantage of. So if you have it, you know, definitely take it kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is don't underestimate your abilities. You know, I was pretty down to myself, like, Oh, I'm not mechanically inclined. don't know anything about electrical. Like, I, you know, I didn't want to go in feeling dumb. Right. That was my biggest thing. Um, but the biggest thing I can you know, tell younger people is younger girls in particular is just don't underestimate your abilities. Give it a try. Um, and just go from there. I mean, it's just going back to like, Oh, if you, you know what's knowledge you'll gain with you forever, even if it's like, not something you decide at all.
1: And that, that's absolutely, um, true. I mean, like we talked about earlier in the show, the ability to take what you've learned and take it home with you and utilize it. There is, is a huge asset. Now, in terms of, um, like, let's go with you, Madison. So um, you're, you're fresh out of high school, right? You graduated.
3: 2021.
1: 2021. Um, and I'm sure a fair amount of your friends are not in the trades. None of them. So where, what other career paths did they choose just randomly?
3: A lot of medical field. Yeah. Um, a couple kind of just working at restaurants, you know, serving. Not much more.
1: And so when when they heard that you were joining an electrical apprentice program, what were their responses?
3: kind of looked at me like what or they were super super jealous um I do have a lot of friends like kind of in this you know what we were just talking about they're very interested in it but it's like they have no you know knowledge no experience as well so they're kind of iffy on getting into it and I do encourage them but you know everyone's kind of different on the confidence level and what they want to you know try and not try so
1: did you hear any type of like uh, I could never do that or like I don't you know uh, I don't feel good or I don't feel strong enough, or I don't, I don't know how that stuff works. Do you hear any of that?
3: All the time. And I always tell them, you know, neither did I, I'm still not strong enough for like a lot of things. I mean, I definitely, the way I see it is like, I'm able to get the same result as anybody else, you know, in the field, even if that's, you know, I might be a couple hours behind them. I'm still going to get it done just the same way they would, same way they would, but it might just take a little bit longer.
1: Yeah. Janeta, what about you? I mean, um, your friend groups or the people that you associate with, and when they heard that you were jumping into the trades, what kind of reactions did you get from them? Uh,
2: Kind of a mix between, you know... Oh, good, she's leaving the prison. Yeah, they're like, oh, get it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, some would say, you know, I can never get into that kind of thing. You know, like, it's intimidating. Um, Others were very supportive, and, you know, it's the mindset of, hey, like go ahead and do it. Like you got it. And, um, I haven't heard anything negative. No naysayers. Huh? No, i you know, don't kill yourself type of deal, but yeah. don't get shocked and, you know, be safe, but not, um, I never had anybody like tear it down.
0: I feel like if, if you know, Jenaida at all, whatever she says she's going to do, you're just like, step yeah, back. Makes perfect sense. Do <laughs> <It makes perfect laughs> <to> you <laughs> president janata Got it. <laughs>
1: Now, I do think that both of you do break the mold. Uh, you're both very gifted in your abilities, your personalities, your communication skills. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, and, and, you know, maybe somebody listening is even thinking that, like, oh, I mean, they sound like these people that know what they're doing. Like, are you guys different? Are you are you above average? Or is this really up for any woman who would like to pursue it?
2: No, it's up for any any woman that would want to pursue it. I mean... We have, if we're even speaking on gender, guys that come in that are brand, brand new and have no idea. It's no different, you know. Um, I We all start somewhere. I started not going to school or any of that kind of background for electrical, and I ended up where I'm at today. So, um, it like anything else, it takes time, training, and, you know, the effort, the willingness to do it.
0: She really has a... And I apologize, I don't have too much to say about Madison, but we just met this morning. Um, and Maybe I'll, I'll shoot your managers a couple of texts before we <laughs> wrap this up and see if I can get some compliments for you, other than your great bubbly personality. Um, but Janeta has, uh, aside from the innate desire to, to serve her clients to the highest level, she also has a unique ability to hold the men in her team accountable. So I was talking about this with the, uh, with the Authority Brands people earlier, which is, I don't know if it's like a big sister thing, but there will be something that everybody seems to be kind of dancing around with a particular technician in, in our Mr. Sparky team and we're deciding how we're going to deal with this and bring said person in and sit them down and have a conversation about how this. And all of a sudden, just in the group chat, Junaid is like, hey, girlfriend, you need to tighten this up. Like, <laughs> we're done. <with laughs> it. And, and, uh, and the guy's just like, ah, oh, yeah, no, you're right. Man, my bad. Sorry about that. Whereas if we, no matter how delicately we approached it, there's going to be a little kickback. <laughs> like, but Junaid is not getting that. Um, and it's her, her cut. She has some of the highest Customer reviews we've ever seen in that division, uh, and that is saying something with some of the people that we have in that division, and, and it's uh, pretty it's pretty spectacular to see. She's also the highest selling installer we've had in that uh, in that department. She'll go on on these jobs that are sold by the by the uh, electrical advisors. And she'll find things that needed to be part of that package and talk to that homeowner about them. And the homeowner feels the same way the other techs do, which is like, she's telling me, I believe it's for my good. And that is how the technicians feel when Jeneda publicly bashes them in the Mr. Sparky group chat. (laughs) (laughs) And it typically is for their own good. It's for the good of the division and the customer and, and you know, the company as a whole as well, but it also tends to be for that technician's good as well. So she has a, Really cool ability to connect with like everybody, but also an insane work ethic and a care about her jobs being meticulous and, and perfect, and uh, really just a, a ton of qualities wrapped in one that make me, who you know, be honest, I could take her to leave it with the jam and a bunch of women in the trades. <laughs> <laughs> Straight, you guys can can go back to the mics when you crack up, please.
2: Hey, I had to laugh at a distance. I was uh, debating on looking at your nails again. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> was just, these Thank are not you. plumber Thank nails, you, by the I way. Know. For all the compliments, I yeah, do. no, I, I genuinely do appreciate that. But
0: it but it actually does make me think, like, if this is what it means to have women in the trades. Plus, according to the media, we get to pay them a lot less. I like that part. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Where's then, that exit at? <laughs> Then by all means, like, like sign me up. Like, let's, let's do it more. And again, I got three daughters. So if this is somewhere that they can now journey into, if they so desire, I mean, one of the three of my daughters is someone who will always be asking me for the same tool that I'm using when I'm using it. She always wants to be turning a wrench that I'm turning. The other two have never wanted any part of that. They want to do their thing. But the one who's always like, can I help the four-year-old? like there may be a future for her uh, in electrical. I don't want her to work too hard. So not plumbing, obviously <laughs>
2: <laughs> you mean she should get into plumbing. <laughs> She'll figure out where the remote's at really quick. huh?
1: <laughs> now, Brian, that's actually a really good point. And we focused a little bit about, you know, the, the apprehensions that some women might have in getting into the trades because maybe it requires uh troubleshooting or, or patterns of thought or strength or those things that they may feel, um, just scared about or or fearful or even just uncertain. But there are a lot of things that women bring to the trades uh, in terms of your natural abilities that men may actually lack in or, or your ability to connect with a female homeowner, for example. That's a completely different dynamic. So what are some things that you've experienced that have been more like me as a woman? I'm bringing actually more things to the table because of that in the trades than perhaps your male counterparts.
3: Well, I think like you mentioned, I think communication skills is a big thing. Um, I feel like a lot of males are not personable sometimes in building relationships, picking up on things with that, like with homeowners, as well as we get it pretty often, just sometimes it can be like overbearing, I guess, a male standing over, you know, a homeowner who's a woman um, and they kind of seem more at ease, you know, when it's another woman. Um, we do talk a lot about like sometimes just kneeling on your knees to kind of get homeowners more at ease. Um, so you're not giving that overbearing, you know, appearance to them.
0: It is funny, even as we're talking, that the gender part just seems so insignificant because you, you have tiny men homeowners who you get our, our big plumber, Todd and Helms here, who's 6'4". He, yeah, I saw a, a him today. Very large guy, used to be a bouncer and looks like it. He's just an intimidating <laughs> looking guy. And you can get a very tiny male homeowner who, who would experience the same kind of thing. Yeah, I think
3: um, it goes male or female, right? I mean, you and you can in get the intimidation way, both ways. So. And you
0: can get lack of personality or or very bubbly personality, or right. you mm-hmm. can get someone who's not really a bubbly personality, but just knows how to communicate with people on either side. Right. It's like uh, it, it's just it means less and less and less, and and uh, really more and more bubbles down to. Well,
3: and some personalities charisma. just don't match, and people don't know how to like deal with it or kind of steer a different way to get talking, but.
0: Yeah, we have training for that. Janeta, what about you?
1: What are you, what do you think are some attributes that typically women would bring to the trades that uh, are, are strengths?
2: I mean, I feel like this could go across the board, but I feel generally females tend to be more um, meticulous. You know, um, I feel like men have more of a, a mindset, like, I'm here to do a job. I'm going to get it done. Um Whereas females, yeah, they may have the same mindset, but they're breaking it down, you know? Like, did you get this? Did you get X, Y, and Z, you know? Is it completely as it was stated, you know? Um, And I think, too, kind of like she said with being, like, more interpersonal, um, I think it sometimes is easy, and not that men can't do it either, but sometimes I feel like, homeowners are a little more persuaded towards, um, the ease of a, of a female. Um, they don't feel like they're necessarily being sold or, you know, there's more, uh, welcoming, I think feeling from that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And and just in case you're listening, I mean, this podcast isn't designed to be like pitting men against women or anything like that. It's really indicating to the trades that this is an opportunity for anybody. And because there is a, Less amount of women in the trades, specifically highlighting that opportunity. I would generally, and we're we're talking about stereotypes, and stereotypes always have room to be broken in those types of things. And so, it, one of the things that I would say, women are very strong and is generally multitasking, right? And in terms of electricity, there's a lot of things going on, and right. if you're doing an electrical job, there's a lot of components to it, and you're all over the house. You know, it's not like just. In, in HVAC, you're right at the unit. Or right. in, in plumbing, I mean, plumbing's all over the house too, but a lot of times there's like a singular point that is a problem. Whereas in electrical, the electrical world, we have the wires, receptacles, switches, panel, everything is all over the house. And that couldn't, that can lead to a lot of things going on at the same time. A problem can be happening in the lower room that is affecting something in the top room, and you have to be able to bring that all together. So have, you, have either of you found that your ability to multitask
0: has been greatly um, brought to light and allowed you to have work in a strength, really? Before you answer that, I don't know if you saw it, despite the fact you're sitting right in front of us. But when he said multitask, he passed me another sticky note that said dishes and cooking at the same time. It's, that is I, again 100 percent not sure. Again, I don't approve of this type of humor. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's appropriate.
2: Frankly, that's okay. That's why we uh, women have to stay independent, not re- rely on a man. But okay, there it is.
0: All right, very good.
1: Back to the question at hand, then. So has have you found multitasking to be or any other any other like strength um, to be really beneficial to you.
0: You know what's funny? I wonder if like they don't know what it's like to be us, you know? Singular focus and ability, the lack of multitasking when I actually try to multitask is like I'm, you know, just walking and texting. So I'm walking into doors or you or Nate or tripping over myself. It's like, do you even realize how bad we are at multitasking? <laughs> do you even know? <laughs> is it's a completely foreign idea to you? Like? <laughs>
2: Um, I'm used to having to multitask, so it's nothing new to me. Um, I think there's always building points to that. You know, it is not always easy to do. Um, some days are easier than others, but um, for me, like coming to this job um, versus other jobs that I've worked at, um, it was kind of that continue it's like on the on the go on the go having to continuously add more and you're getting things from different directions that might change up um nothing ever goes to a certain uh, schedule so um having to multitask i don't think is necessarily a hard part on my end i know
3: but I also am <laughs> really best friends natural. with, like, sticky
2: notes, though. And, like, I, I write a lot of notes, though. Like, I have to have a lot of reminders as well. It's not that I always remember 100% or because I will too. easily tell, you know, if I'm working a job and I have a helper, I'll easily tell them, hey, if you don't mind, remind me to double check on this. Or, you know, can you write this down for me real quick or I will, you know. Um, not all that stays up there 24-7. But yeah. I understand what it's like to also be single-minded in, like, so focused in on something that to have to mul- like start multitasking could be very distracting. Like there is that fine line between maintaining it and balancing it the right way.
0: I yeah. think I Pastor think Pastor once told me it's a short pencil beats a long memory every time. Yeah, got to stick to that because I I get overconfident in my almost useless memory <laughs> where I'm like. You no, know, no, I'll get back to that in 10 minutes. Yeah, don't <laughs> right. worry about it, Nate. I'll send that email. Yeah, Janady, I'll take care of that for you. Uh, see me tomorrow morning. She's like, hey, did you handle that? And I got to come up with how Nate messed it up somehow. Right. Quick. Exactly. <laughs> on the fly.
1: Well, I, I'm, I think you honed in on it earlier too, but I think the relational piece is a very interesting dynamic. So I think I would say we get a fairly split mix on homeowners, uh, whether they're men or women. I don't mean homeowners. I mean, the person you're dealing with when you open the door. Um, But there is a a relational component, I think, for a woman to be in front of another woman that just relates on another level that a man perhaps may not ever be able to even get on. Would you agree with that?
3: 100
1: 100%. Have you seen that played out in any way where... Like you walked into a home and, you know, there was a woman that you were dealing with that day and you just kind of had that instant connection because you were a woman in the trades and they they were, you know, owning their home that day. Have you found anything like that?
3: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, more times than often I, you know, I'll make a compliment about their dog or just something that catches my eye and it starts a conversation from there. But I've also seen it where like I'll be in a job with a senior technician and, you know, he's lead technician, like he's pretty much taking control of the call. And um, she's kind of just one-worded, does not make conversation. Whether, you know, I could say the same thing that he's saying and it just doesn't spark anything, I'm not trying to, like, There she goes with the pun again. I'm not, like, trying to say it's, in particular, like, woman and woman, but it kind of does portray that pretty often.
1: Well, it's pretty clear if the lead male technician and you – or having two different experiences with the singular homeowner, right? right?
3: with the same you know conversation or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, and I mean that that's uh, it's a really I mean, interesting I hate dynamic. To say <laughs> that, but
3: but it, yeah, it's definitely.
1: Janina, have you found the ability to make connection uh, with homeowners different than perhaps you see your male counterparts doing?
2: Uh, I think so. I think that um, it's easier to get on a personal level. Um, again, I kind of go back to I don't necessarily always feel it's about the gender, you know, um, I feel like there's a possibility of that occurring, but I do find that there's like, um, a softer side to females that it's a little more approachable, you know, um, where homeowners feel a little safer with it. They feel a little more trusting with it. Um, I think more so with males, it's more the, they feel like they're being sold and they're being taken advantage of or, um, you know, you're coming in here telling me I need this. Do I really need it? You know, type of deal. Um, So I feel like we do have an advantage on that aspect to kind of level with them.
1: That's not just an advantage. That's a, that's a massive advantage. Right. Right. I mean, for a homeowner to feel at ease Mm -hmm. and like they are number one, women stereotypically are good listeners. Right. Right. Which when it comes to home service is, is critical. Right? So you're able to hear and you're able to just stop talking and listen and ask prompting questions and follow along and follow the story and all these things. That's a massive benefit, not just to you, but also to the homeowner because now they're right. actually feeling engaged, like you're listening, like you're you're on board with me, you're hearing my pain, you're following with it, and and now you get to turn that around and say, like yeah, I'm 100% with you. Here's what we can do to fix that for you. And it doesn't have to come off as this, like, uh, imp- you know, lording over or, or type of like, uh, I'm trying to sell you on something It can be very relational and that there's massive success in that. That's really exciting.
2: Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah. I read a, I don't remember what book it was or author, but, uh, this would be so much more impactful if I remembered, but read in a, a book on selling once that the number one trait that you can have to that, um, Mark's success in a salesperson is being disarming. Right, and it's pretty much what you just summed up right there is instantly being disarming, so that they don't, the customer doesn't hold that wall up between you and them, is setting yourself up for success. Pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say automatically, but in a in a very big way. Uh, before we move on, I asked uh, our Mister Sparky team here if anyone had a had a question for Janada on her first ever podcast. Ooh, and Logan Altland said. What is one thing you would go back and tell past Janeda when thinking about joining the trades?
2: Uh honestly, I I wish I would have just thought thought about it earlier <laughs> is uh more so
0: like join up 5 years earlier.
2: Yeah, if I if I was in Madison spot, you know, like time wise and everything, like I would be I could only imagine actually where I'd be right now, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: But, like, in all ways, financially.
2: Right, and, right, like, what I've made possible, or, like, working here has also made possible for me, um, and career-wise and just personal life. um, I can only imagine how much further I would be at that point, like, today, you know? Um, It's done a dramatic, a drastic, excuse me, um, change for me, and the amount of time that I've had a truck in, what six, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. I, I would I, say
0: more so than just financially too, but like per, personally, right. Like your yeah, own, your own development growth. and like, uh, coming out of your shell. Right. And, um, being more of a leader we've seen here in the last couple of months, big time, um, leadership qualities emerging out of you that I'm sure were there, but you, you kind of kept on right. your wraps or maybe didn't even know existed, but you've really been, um, Excelling at those in those areas. Thank you. Thank you. What do you think, Madison? If you could go back, I don't know, you can't go back five years. No. But, <laughs> if you like could go four back to four yesterday. Months, <laughs> let's go back four months <laughs> to when you were in high school.
3: That, would, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> uh,
0: if you could uh, grab a, a 13, 14 year old version of Madison, knowing what you know right now, is there anything as it pertains to the trades, to electrical? Uh, is there anything you'd tell yourself then to help you be more prepared for where you're at now?
3: <laughs> I mean, not really. I think that it's a good opportunity for, especially me being a younger adult, only being 18 and joining in now. Um, I kind of like how everything has fallen out, fallen into place. So,
1: Well, to some degree yeah. there has to be a don't dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think, I think a lot of people make that decision earlier on that they're not even, it's not even on the table. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I would. Yeah,
1: and so I mean, at, at just a base level, don't don't remove it from consideration. That's a great place to start, I think.
0: It it can be like I wanted to just jump in and say, yeah, you know what? Just go to a local electrical shop or plumbing shop or HVAC shop or whatever. Welders play, and and have an get an interview, wherever you're at in life. If you're not where you want to be, go check it out. But at the same time, like I think about who we're talking about and the other end of these interviews a lot of time. And maybe this is a word of wisdom to the owner managers at, at a lot of shops that still exist. Like we, we interviewed a very quality human being today um, this morning who we had interviewed seven months ago or something like that for, for the HVAC division. And he went to this other place because they made all these high level promises that they ended up not keeping. And, I said, okay, well, well, I'm sorry. I started by saying, what made you already want to leave there? Because he's not even working there anymore. He came back like I should have come here in the first place. Signed up with us today. Thank you. Um, (laughs) and And I, you know, I said, what made you, you don't even have the job yet. You don't even know if we have a truck yet. But he left. He's gone. And he said, oh, yeah. Well, they weren't keeping the promises they made. So I reposted my resume on Indeed the owner saw that I posted my resume on indeed and brought me in and said, you want to go look for jobs? Fine. Go look. You're fired. Like I know these guys, they're all ego. They're, they're very low EQ. They think they're high EQ, but they're, they rarely are. Imagine treating somebody like this, right? And Nate's been on the receiving end of me finding uh, our techs on, on indeed and online and monster and stuff like that. And we, this is not what it looks like. Now you get the immediate feeling of like, oh okay, all right. You want to you want to go look for a job. Let's help you with that. But then you act, like, <laughs> yeah. but then you act like a grown up, and you bring them in. And if it's somebody you want to keep or somebody you think has potential, which this this guy has tons of potential, then you bring them in and say, man, what's up? I, just, I gotta ask. Like I'm I'm fine with you going where you want to go, and I don't want to hold you here against your will by any means. But what's got you wanting to look around? Where, where are we missing the boat here? And at least have the conversation and find out if there's somewhere you can improve. But so often in the trades, your your managers and your owners are high ego, low EQ, not the people who should be dealing with that kind of thing. So I think of like it's first you know some of the early companies I worked at where I was dealing with people like that. Where you know I'm pretty fresh out of my second year of high school and I'm ask you know, I'm asking myself now, what would I have said then stay in school, go to college, find anything else in the world to do had nothing to do with the trade. It was just the people I was dealing with. So it's really, it's, it's more of a people who are the face of the company to, to new hires and to, to the technicians really need to step our game up in, in terms of how we treat people. and and treat people like people and not numbers and not, you know, either an addition or subtraction to our ego, but as fellow human beings who need to be treated a certain way. And if if we really want to, what this podcast is about, I mean, our secondary goal of this podcast is to spice up the trades to the next generation, right? Absolutely. If we really want to do that, and then as a team, and I would say we all in the trades, yeah, we're competitive and we want to beat each other, but we are a team because if Madison's generation up and decides that I don't want to be in the trades, we're, that's it. We're roll, roll it up. We're done. I mean, I don't know what happens next. Elon figures out how to automate it or something. <laughs> so for, for. All of the owners and managers out there who have people leaving out of anger more times than not, and they find themselves firing people and then and then um, justifying it in their minds later is this is why he was terrible, but you didn't think that two days ago. You need to do a gut check and, and decide that we're going to start treating people right. And if you're not the person to do that, get out of the way. Promote somebody who is that type of person, that high EQ person who treats everybody with sternly, and I'll use Jeneda as the example, she is stern with her fellow technicians, but she's also, she cares about them. She treats them like people, but they're going to hear it if they need to, they're not shy. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I would, I would give her manager, John Ressler, our, our uh, Sparky service manager here, who started in that, came out of a truck and started in that position in January, uh, massive amounts of credit for both the development of Jnada as really bringing this team together as well as, is leading just like I just uh, described, which is very heartfelt, very team oriented, but also very direct. Shout out to John.
2: 100%. I completely think that uh, he's made a huge impact on the team overall. And like, I can, uh, like, I think everyone's able to see that how drastically we've grown uh, just as a team and, in all other aspects, too, you know, financially speaking and breaking records and everything, which is, you know, good on on the financial end, but it's bringing better morale all around, you know, which um, if you don't want to just be a number, then that's important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we don't shy away from the numbers here. As, as Jenae knows, we're, we're all about them and, and we set daily records up on whiteboards all over the building. And when we break them, it's a big deal. We, we don't hold on to him very long here lately. <laughs> and, uh, that number gets written up there. We're, we're looking at it like, yeah, don't get comfortable there because you're going to feel that eraser felt uh, here sooner than later. But it's, uh, it was a you know, conversation with John early on in his managerial career where Mike, Mike Vavrick and I were saying to him, like, hey, if we have to take a little step back to build this team into a high-functioning, high-morale team – we're willing to do that. And John's like, let's do both. (laughs) Yeah, buddy.
2: That's the mindset to have, you know?
0: Yep. So as we, as we wrap up here, we had a few other questions that came from some (laughs) people in the office for both of you, as most of the people in the office have met both of you throughout the course of the day.
1: Uh, I'll read that one for you, Brian. Let me jump in there. Um, Let's see. Uh, Chris wants to know at what age did both of you realize you were too smart to be a plumber?
2: (laughs) At what age did he realize that he's still messing up and making the wrong choices? (laughs) I don't know. He
0: is our our call center manager. Exactly. uh, for the plumbers who want to see him in the parking lot, that's Chris Hegel. (laughs) H-U-E-G-E-L. And that's C-H-R-A-S, not one of those weird K spellings. Just let
2: him know not to get hurt on his way up from his chair. (laughs) Ashlyn
0: Kentner, our talent acquisition specialist, which is a really fancy, high-syllable way of saying recruiter. (laughs) Our recruiter said, what has been your biggest successes so far working with Mr. Sparky?
2: Uh, For me, um, starting as an apprentice and getting into into a truck and becoming lead install. Um, And on a personal level, I've had the ability to move forward and being able to buy a house and kind of make my goals reality. Boom. So, like, that's been, like, a huge thing for me.
0: The same within a year of getting into your own truck.
2: Right. You've, I didn't uh, buy a
3: house.
2: Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Not yet. But that's my point of why it's important if you are yeah. looking at a young age to get started and it, It's important that oh, you Jineada. have such a foundation to do so. Jeneda
0: would be playing Monopoly. She'd have, like, hotels on her <laughs> on her properties by now.
3: I would just um, say my – Biggest success is, like, how far I've come. I mean, I came in not knowing, like, what I was looking for in, you know, a panel or anything like that. So I am pretty proud of, like, how, you know, fast I caught on. Um, And then just even, like, mechanically inclined, you know, wise and how to use tools and, you know, what tools to use in certain jobs. I just, I would say those are my successes.
1: That's actually something that we didn't really jump into a whole lot today. Uh, Did either of you have experience using power tools outside of the trades?
3: Nope. Can I even take a drill uh, bit out? Yes, I, I you did. did.
1: Yes. So, Madison, for you, I mean, was that something that you had to overcome? Yeah. Even the, even the. Wait, we're the not theory. talking about
0: sharpened toothbrushes on on cell block C, J. Oh man, thought <laughs> <actual laughs> <tools. laughs>
2: oh, we were talking um, about shanking. Sorry.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was definitely something I had to overcome. I uh was like, oh, I'm not doing this because you know, you use tools on every single job, no matter what it is. I know how to use a screwdriver and everything, but. Taking a drill bit out, I couldn't do it at first. I'm like, I don't understand how this works. I don't know. I never messed with it. I was never taught. I never had anybody, you know, figure to, oh, let's go make this kind of bench or anything like that. So it was definitely a lot.
1: And what would you say to somebody who's like, you know what, I, I just don't want to embarrass myself. Like, I would, I would, would feel, I would feel stupid asking a question like that.
0: That is a great question because
2: I'm I, a huge advocate on this.
0: I feel like there are a lot of people who think, the trades aren't for me because I'm not mechanically inclined. And when you think about how you have to put yourself out there to show that you don't know which way to hold an open face wrench in the beginning. And you're going to, and you're going to feel bad about that. I'm a huge, huge advocate
2: on this. Like when I first get a helper, especially if it's somebody I haven't worked with ever, you know, um, like day one, I will tell them, I don't care how many times you ask me a question. I don't care if it's twenty times and you understood it the fifth time, but by twenty you forgot. I rather you consistently ask if you forgot, because at the end of the day, it's beneficial for both of us. You know, I want you to feel confident in what you're doing and what you're learning, and walk away knowing that, okay, I did this right. Now I know. You know, um, same thing with um, whether they don't know how to do something or asking questions or, I don't know. To me, it's it, there's never a dumb question to ask, and I would never on my end, belittle somebody and make them feel as though, how dare you, you know, for not knowing that, you know, um, that's the point in the apprenticeship and people coming in young and, and getting the training to learn. We're We're here to teach. We all started somewhere, you know, not everybody, um, woke up and was just like okay i know how to do this i'm gonna go rewire my house like you know yeah, we,
0: we talk about it in here or at least i do with the younger generation in the terms of the video game it's like i was talking to my son about getting into jujitsu at first i'm like he's like i don't know how to do anything I'm like don't worry about Yet. it you don't know you didn't know how to play call of duty yeah. Until you picked the sticks up, I was smoking this kid. It was nothing. He's still not that great. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't think I can hang in any video game with him now. But the first time you picked it up, you know, anybody playing was taking him out. And then as he developed and got better, now he's a, he's a madman. And, it, and the same thing happened in wrestling and jujitsu and football and soccer. And everyone has something that they first started doing and they were terrible at. And then they progressed through that period. And it's no different than, you know, the association group or your team can also be a hurdle. When you know you're coming in as the new person with no experience, you're now having to step back into your freshman year of high school at a new school and you don't really know anybody and you you feel like an outcast. But you know from experience that by year three, you, you were on top of the world. Like you had these two other grades coming up feeling like you did before and now you're you're the top dog and then senior year, forget about it, you know. <laughs> that is how it works here in every group and every crew. And the knowledge, the the team atmosphere, you get in, you do have to prove yourself. Um, hopefully you get a hold of a team that's not like there to ridicule and beat you down for what you don't what you don't know. But let's squeeze those people out, tradespeople. What do you say? We'll yeah. start here. Let's let's the four of us make an agreement. We we did it not too long ago, didn't we, Janata? Yep. You find those people that have to step on everyone else to get to feel like they're stepping up. Let's just squeeze them out. Right. Make, make them go, I don't know, go into politics. That's what they do. I think <laughs> yeah. that was
3: probably my biggest fear coming in is, like, I was scared to ask questions. But it didn't help me, I guess, you know, it didn't help in the long run because then, I'd get sent on installs. They'd think I know like what I'm doing. I'd you know get put out do the outside service or something and wouldn't know what I'm doing.
0: Were you texting your brother like if you're like, Drake, hey, do me a favor, text the electrician. He's a plumber. Text the electrician for me and nope. ask him this question and then text me back. No.
3: Nope. Oh, he's a plumber. He doesn't really he doesn't <laughs> do much. So um it's on that probably note, way smarter than you are. <laughs> probably. Um on that note though, like, I'm a super visual learner and I need to hear, you know, things so many times and Like she mentioned, a lot of, I heard, you know, probably over a hundred times is that there's no such thing as a dumb question. I think that helped me a lot in the long run, um, with guys just reassuring me constantly because the biggest thing is they want you to feel confident in what you're doing. They don't want to put you on something that you don't feel confident and don't know how to do. Um, so that was definitely something that helped me in the long run and same thing. Like you mentioned how in particular with Mr. Sparky, kind of
1: Madison, if I could actually interrupt you there real quick, like I'm curious because with the, with with coming into the trades and and feeling um, nervous about tools or asking questions or all those things that we were just talking about. I'm not sure that that has anything to do with gender because the, the same person that comes in is, is just as ignorant. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who they are. Like they're, they're ignorant. Like they're green. They're completely clueless as to what's going on. You tell them to go get a pipe wrench and they bring back a screwdriver. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't matter. And so if anybody out there who is a woman is feeling like there's some type of leg up to being a man that also doesn't know anything, I'm not sure that that's the case. Uh, in fact, maybe it could even go the other direction. I'm not sure. You know, there might be an assumption that because you're a man, you're walking in here and you should know those things or something like that. But it's we see it play out every day in the field. The, no matter who they are, it really comes down to your level of knowledge more than it does your gender.
2: Well, I know, like, we talk about the stigma on that and uh, it being, you know, a male-dominated trade. But there are so many males, obviously, that I work with, and even at younger ages now that are coming in, that are equally uh, saying that, you know, they struggle with learning X, Y, and Z, or they don't have that confidence. Just, you know, the, the things that you would, you know, imagine that a female would come in feeling if you're going with the gender, you know, you have young male adults saying the same thing. Sure. It's no different. You know, it doesn't go based on the gender. when it comes to this, like there, the opportunities there, it's, it's possible. It doesn't matter what the gender is. And, um, the only limit on it is ourselves. And if you've come in confident, like you want to learn, it's not going to matter whether you're, you're a male or female.
0: True story. And I'll, I'll give it up to Madison on that. Um, we in, in the hallway between the training room and, and the office this morning, the four of us, three of us anyway. And I said, uh, how old are you, Madison? She said, Eighteen. And I'm and I'm like, I mean, we had just carried on a, a very high level conversation. We weren't joking around as much as I like to, but we were just talking about, you know, life and, and the trades and stuff. And I would have swore I was talking to a you know, a thirty eight year old in terms of what she was articulating and and the confidence that she was giving off and i'm like i, I literally thought she was joking for a second you saw it <laughs> i'm like okay how old are you for real uh, yeah. 18 i'm like what you're older than my daughter <laughs> yes yeah, got to feel old there for a second on top of the other thing um i get that a lot yeah, but you're, But you're, I think uh, it all
3: goes back to confidence. I mean, I think the way that you mm-hmm. like anybody can the way you portray yourself and feel confident in whatever it is that you're talking about.
0: Yep. And I was just thinking of pro- probably the same people as Janada when when we're thinking about the the shy late 20s guys that come yeah. in here and start mm-hmm. and they they can't carry on a conversation and they're very but then yourself you you come into a building full of people you don't know to to shoot video all day for the world to see and then come on a podcast for like 50 people to hear <laughs> and That's a lot of people
3: <laughs> a lot of people That's you more don't guys know than than my podcast there is. were no pe- there were more
0: people in the training room this morning than podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you uh but you carry yourself like you've done this many times before and no big deal and yes to start the podcast you were you were pretty nervous there for a second but still a little lamb five minutes in you could barely tell other than the, sh- the violent I mean, shaking,
3: sweating. <laughs> Red face. I think, like, even when I am nervous, though, I, you know, my my confidence overtakes me. I don't let, like, the nervousness in my voice show. I mean, because there was times, like, I wouldn't, you know, know electrical sometimes. And I wasn't, like, lying necessarily, but I would just sound confident what I was saying. I wouldn't question it.
1: Well, ladies, it's been good to have you on the show today and we appreciate both of you and your willingness, not only to be on the podcast, but to be in an industry that is atypical for women. And so thank you for that.
3: Well, as, thank we, you.
1: as we wrap things up, uh, we're going to do some rapid fire questions. We had a few more come in and uh, we thought that we'd start throwing them at you. Uh, so Mike Vavrick wants to know what has been the biggest obstacle that either of you have overcome? And now that you're on the other side of that obstacle... What words of wisdom can you give back to someone facing the same thing?
3: I would say my biggest obstacle was probably be mechanically inclined. Like I said, you use tools on every single job. So not knowing like how to use a tool didn't always come in handy for me. Um, as far as like overcoming, kind of like you mentioned, I would say now that I know how to do stuff or like, know, you know, use tools, I'm a lot more efficient and faster at what I'm able to do. Um, and just kind of knowing what tools I need to use for certain jobs.
1: Janaina, what about you?
2: Um, I think the biggest obstacle was lack of knowledge. Um, And I think that just that all comes down to play with time. You know, if you're somebody that is coming in to do like an apprenticeship, um, just allowing yourself the time and having the patience, um, the willingness to like learn.
1: What would you say to somebody Okay. So having the patience and the knowledge, but what would you say now that you've kind of acquired that, what would you say to somebody who's looking at the same uphill battle that you just had to go through?
2: Um, Just have the willingness to, to persevere through it and uh, you know, feed yourself as much information as you can. Uh, The, the learning doesn't stop at the job. You know, you have the ability to continue learning and get uh, educated, like outside of work as well.
0: Yes. Waste no day. Right, Janaina?
2: That's it. Waste no day.
0: Nate loves when I do that. Another question
1: for you, and, and this is for both of you as well. So being the only female working in the electrical division, do both of you feel supported?
3: 100%. Absolutely.
1: And what do you, how do you, what do you attribute that to? Is that the culture? Is that the people? Is, you know, is that like a law, like, hey, don't beat up on them? You know, what what is it?
2: That, I mean, per, like, I personally feel like it's just the the culture here, the surroundings, um, how strongly our team has bonded and grown together, that I think that despite the gender role in it, that we equally have each other's backs. And um, I think we equally are able to kind of look at each other like, you know, brother, sister, like, hey, I got your back Um, something that you need I'll be there vice versa
3: I agree to that I don't think there's necessarily any law I mean someone cannot you know not like you not support you Um, but I mean even when I first came in for the interview like I said just meeting a couple people that I did and just even now as a team no one looks at me you know as a girl I'm one of them and it's it's always been like that just everyone's super friendly always willing to learn even if that's not the you know particular senior technician I rode with
1: awesome well, we're going to wrap it up with this one. And, uh, again, appreciate you both being on, but as we are releasing this podcast and desiring to get more women into the, the trades, what if anything can we do to better encourage females to become tradespeople? This one actually
0: is from John Ressler,
2: your manager. I feel yeah. like if, if perhaps there were more women that come out into the field, um, and better advertisement towards it, perhaps uh, being able to have more education on it and being able to feed it, you know? So how we get, uh, like, tech schools that come in or um, even if they're doing, like, the high school, um, like, jobs, yeah, the career Mm fairs and whatnot. I think those are huge, Um, but... I think, like, to be able to give better insight and you have to be able to feed the audience with what they don't know. And I think a lot of it is the stigma, like, that there's that high majority that it's men, and it's men, you know? So to be able to go in and give younger adults the insight that there is more, there's possibilities for women to do the same exact thing and have um, ample opportunity to grow within that, that's probably going to make, like, the difference in the long run.
3: I agree with that, but, I mean, we don't – like, I, I do and I don't because we we don't have enough women, so how would you – Guess, to, she, she's angling for a
0: Sparky tour, a school tour, right? I
2: am. You want to do that? Hit
0: the high school be, circuit.
2: It wouldn't be my first time. <laughs> I've done uh, outreach like that. I is mean,
3: is it, it far, a scared
0: straight thing from the prison?
3: Are you asking like how we <laughs> how we advertise it, or I see kind of a couple ways. Like, I what way are you steering with it? Because we do do we're doing a college fair this upcoming month. A couple couple of them actually.
1: I think the question
0: is really
3: like, I'm how, sorry,
1: how do we?
0: Understand. No, no, no. You're, the, you, yeah, take maybe do do take we, our buildings out of it. Our two companies, right? How out do it, you normalize it, or yeah, how d- well. as a trade in general? How do we promote it? How does our audience promote it?
2: I I don't know. I, I don't. I think I've seen this. I apologize. I I'm think I've seen um, some maybe that are local, like having the like a kind of a women's and trades. Um, become more of a thing. And I honestly don't have the facts on this to say how good this is um, even happening out there. But I think if there was more surround surrounding women in trade, that type of deal that maybe it would seem like it's more of an option for females. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's clearly some kind of hold back on that where not sure. as many are coming out.
0: Do do you think and hear me out here? I get some dirty looks and ears. I'm gonna
2: get ready for this one.
0: <laughs> is it that and I'll follow it up, but is it that they there's no desire? Do you think the stigma is not just that it's a male trade, but as as Madison was trying to articulate it earlier, that she didn't like tradespeople? Like she didn't think of, of electricians as somebody she wanted to hang out with or but certainly be one of. And and does it take maybe not just showing that there are women in the trades, but showing that there are teams like ours and like Madison's and like so many others out there and so many listening that are places that are welcoming of women and, and places that should, should a woman so desire, they, they would have a great time being on a team like this. And they should at least at a minimum, go check it out.
3: I think if somebody is, you know, willing to learn and has the desire you know, to work, Um, I think it's, I think it's more people don't realize the opportunities that are out there rather than, you know, not have the desire to work. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, if you don't take the opportunity, you're never going to know what's out there. You're never going to know that there's companies like this or teams and family oriented business like this.
2: I partially think that there is a great percent that just don't have the desire to do it. I mean, growing up, it's not like, uh, a lot of, Fathers are telling their daughters, like, hey, here's the, you know, go do here's, it. Here's like, you get that meter. bond more with your son, you know, <laughs> type of deal. Yeah. Just kind of like you're not going to tell your son to put on a tutu and go to ballet. That's you right. know what I mean? I'm telling you,
0: until um, the last few years, it never occurred to me to talk to my daughters about right. There's, there's opportunity in the trades when, even when 2020 happened, I wasn't there yet.
2: And honestly, when you talk about how could we get more women out in the trades, I think that it would start at home, you know, like as kids are growing up and parents have the ability to let them know, like what's out there. You don't have to just become a doctor or because you're a female. You got to become this nurse, you know, you can, you could get your hands dirty. You could go do physical labor. You can um, take that step out of the norm and there's nothing wrong with that you know and, i just and don't think that it's sold like that or uh, provided like that
0: on that note for both of you how satisfying is it to look at that job when you pull pull all the, pull the panel off and see all the wires
2: and say i did that
0: and then finish it up and have it just perfectly level and and clean and labeled and and back up and say yep that was me.
2: I find absolute satisfaction in that. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like a piece, of, a piece of art. I walk away and I'm like, all right. It's something I feel, that I feel satisfied, you know?
0: It really is something that I didn't know coming out of a truck that I was going to lose because the things we do in the office, like to, to you know, change the direction of a team and build morale or to hit a certain profit margin or to hit a certain revenue number, um, they take so long. And, and even when you get there, you can't really celebrate it because it's, tomorrow's a new tomorrow's a new record to break, right. you know. But like yanking out all the old galvanized piping in a home and replacing it with copper and looking at all my neat solder drip-free, perfectly level <laughs> joints and everything in the copper, and I'm like, yeah, we well, don't get that in this. And and all the in so many jobs you mentioned that women um, tend to move toward naturally you might not get that but maybe that's what we need to promote is that sense of sense of satisfaction that you get and it might be an 11 o'clock yeah. night that you're, you're wrapping up but you still wrap up with that right done and done and and done by me mm-hmm.
1: well ladies i think that is a done <laughs> who for are you calling a lady bro <laughs> <laughs> let me so. see those nails again oh <laughs> love it <laughs> Uh, it's been good to have you on. Thank you both so much for joining us and for being an inspiration to hopefully any of the female listeners to our podcast. Thank
2: you. Thank, thank you. you both. Yeah. And
0: thank thank you for being here, uh, Madison, for traveling this this journey. Uh, Jenaida, great. Always great to have you as part of the team and, and all of the teams here because everybody really does appreciate Janaida. Um And, you know, thank you for putting up with the the dumb jokes here the last <laughs> thank you for having me uh the last 20 minutes as nate edits everything else out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> excellent thank you ladies
3: thank you thank you
1: hey we hope you enjoyed this episode with madison and janet it was good to talk to them and hear their experiences not only as somebody starting into the trades uh, but also somebody who's been in them and who has been experiencing the things that come with it Uh, For those of you listening, if you have a daughter, uh, a mother, a sister, a friend, or yourself, and you're interested in joining the trades, stop on by. Uh, Hit up your local trade company and ask them if they do apprentices or check out your schooling. Uh, There is such a need for more great people in the trades. Uh, We would love to have more of that. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, we want to challenge you to be stepping in the direction of growth. We want you to be focusing on how you can improve, whether it's starting at the bottom and climbing the ladder, or whether you're already in the middle of things and just trying to kick yourself out of that rut. Whatever it is, keep pressing on. Thank you for what you do. We know it is hard, we know it is difficult, and we know that it takes a lot of get up and go to do it every single day. And so we appreciate that from you. We hope you're appreciating this podcast. Make sure to leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating. Let us know what you think. Tell us some ideas for what you think we should be covering in future episodes. And of course, give us a shout out and share it to your friends and your networks and let them know the good news that we're trying to put out here. As always, we leave you with our challenge, which is to make sure that you are choosing to wake up every single morning and waste no day.